Welcome to Men in This Town, the podcast. I'm Giuseppe Santamaria, and for over a decade, I've been photographing men's street style in various towns around the world, looking for those whose dress sense speak volumes about who they are. In this podcast, I take a closer look at those men by bringing them into the studio for a portrait and having a chat about their particular approach to the many facets of life. In this episode, I welcome wonderful human and fashion designer, Gary Bagini to the studio. With over 15 years in the fashion industry with his namesake women's wear label, Gary has put in the work to become a household name here in Australia. But with the past year giving us all a chance to sit back and reflect, it gave him the opportunity to find ways to bring more of his colorful self to his work and realize that playing by the rules was never his way in life. So why not in his work? Head over to meninthistown.com to view selects from our portrait session. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the conversation that took place. <laughs> All right, Gary, thank you so much for coming for our, your interview. Um, we'll start off with introducing yourself, your name, age, and what you do for a living. Uh, my name is Gary Virginie. I'm 40, and I'm a fashion designer and a youth worker. Youth worker. Yeah. Amazing. That's a new thing you've been doing? Yeah. I've been, um, last year during COVID, I decided I wanted to go back and study, but also um, involve something that I was very passionate about. Mm. And that was wanting to work with kids and kind of fusing both my fashion and working with kids in terms of creating little design projects and teaching them how oh, to sew. Yeah, so that's fun. Yeah. yeah so oh, been, we'll get into that a okay. bit more. That's an exciting thing to kind of talk about. <laughs> but we'll, we'll kind of start a little bit earlier and kind of going way back yeah. to um, when you were a kid, speaking of working with kids now, what was childhood like for you? Um, it was fine. I, I'm youngest of four, so I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney. Um you know, we, I was raised by a single mum, so we kind of had to do our own thing growing up. We never had like video games or mm. we never really went on holidays. So uh, growing up as a kid, I was always kind of creating my own fantasy place, you know, yeah. Something that kind of, when you don't have much to kind of work with, yeah, you have to use your imagination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was always like, you know, record like taping you know rage on on abc and um (laughs) fashion shows and just like whenever i was you know allowed to be home alone like where mum went shopping i'll be like oh you know i'm old enough to stay home i'd I'd wait for everyone to go and i would put in a vhs and (laughs) like get all dressed up like in my sister's like kitten boots and we had this apron that was a f- like it would be a maxi on a kid. So yeah. I would kind of wrap that around <laughs> me and kind of parade up and down the lounge room until everyone came and then quickly pack it all up and be uh, like, oh. <laughs> Was that on your own or with your sister? It's yeah. on my own. Like I'd, I'd go, I had two older sisters and an older brother. So um, I would always go in their room and like play with all the makeup and mm. hair crimping and. I think you know, we've all had that those moments. Yeah. <laughs> I think and of, then like clean it all up before they got home. So kind of, <laughs> you know, wipe it all down and make sure everything was back in the spot it was. And, yeah. you know, the, the shoes went back in the drawer. And Amazing. Yeah. Was your mum encouraging of you kind of playing outside the box a little bit? Uh, I don't think anyone knew. No, okay. No, yeah. I, I mean, 
mum kind of caught on like later that I was um, very obsessed with with Barbies mm. growing up. So I would always constantly stealing them from my cousins and um, all the girls in the street. I would always find a way to like steal their Barbies and then I managed to have a collection of like 10 to 15 at one stage. Yeah. So it was kind of, yeah, I would wait till everyone went to bed and then I would pull them all out, wash their hairs and make them <laughs> little outfits. Oh, sweet. And then, yeah, pack it back up and then go to bed and then do the same thing the next night. So I kind of did that for a very long time before, like, mum kind of caught on that I was, you know, obsessed with playing with Barbies instead of trucks and wanting to dress up and, yeah. Amazing. When when did you kind of then start dressing up yourself and experimenting with your own fashion? Because that's something we'll get into, but it's, like, it's so bright and exciting and fun and it's... Was it always like that from the beginning or how did, where, where did it start? Like from dressing the Barbies to dressing yourself? I don't know. Um, growing up, I'm hearing impaired. So from an early age, I've been wearing hearing aids. Um, and, you know, not being able to hear like 100%, I would always relate to shapes and colour mm. to excite me or to recognise things growing up. So I kind of feel like uh, that has resonated and grown with me as I've gotten older where I've, you know, have a big passion for bold shapes and lots of colour. Like it just gives me a lot of excitement. Mm -hmm. And I remember having an outfit back in the 80s and 90s, Supre used to be like larger women and kids clothing. Mm. So we would always go there and there was this this little outfit that was seven colours, like a rainbow singlet with matching board shorts that yeah. I convinced my mum to buy for me. Um, but I shared a room with my brother and we were always like headbutting against each other growing up. So yeah. that outfit had to be hung in mum's wardrobe because it was my <laughs> special outfit because I just knew that he would he would do something because he knew how much it meant to me that that outfit that he would oh. he would either cut. That that's the kind of relationship we had. Those are brothers. Up. Those are my. Brothers. We just always like <laughs> a, just attacked each other, and I was like, yeah. "This is my special outfit." So it always had to be with a dry cleaning bag oh, and hung I in mum's wardrobe. Yeah. So I guess it kind of started back then, and just as I've gotten older, it's just you know you you allow yourself to express who you are and you know become who you want to be and it it just it's part of it's my everyday like it, it's I don't think about it it just it just it's, it becomes something that that's all you know yeah because it's, it's especially when it's from when you're young it's yeah. just ingrained into you of how you dress up yeah isn't it hundred percent yeah so in high school I guess was fashion something that you also still kind of express or were you in uniforms or was it something that you kind of had the opportunity to play with no we we had a uniform mm. that we had to wear and you know occasionally when we had mufti day we would you know wear what we wanted and yeah. of course I would always wear something you know bright red or bright blue or um but yeah it kind of more started as I started studying fashion as I when I finished school and experimenting with different things and yeah and I guess it's kind of grown like I don't think it's changed a lot it's kind of more progressed into like what I wear now mm. kind of thing because there's a lot of 
pieces of clothing that I still have that are like 10, 15 years old that I still wear and still have. Mm. And I I guess that's kind of how I look at my wardrobe and what I buy is I buy things not because I want to wear it for a special occasion. I want to buy it because I want to wear it all the time. Mm. And that's kind of how I think about when I'm wearing clothes. Like I... I mainly work from home most days and I still dress up like head to toe, put the shoes on, put the jewelry on because that's just what, what I like. Yeah. Mm. What are you wearing right now? Like what brands are they? Um, I'm wearing a top from my friend who has a store in Melbourne called Edgeley. Um, During COVID we, we did a bit of a swap. So um, I made her a few pieces. She made me a few pieces and um I didn't stop doing that. So we just, we still do that. So yeah, so this is one of her pieces. And then this is a pair of shorts I found at a vintage store in Melbourne recently. Um, the jewelry is uh, Duda Fandango, the earrings and the chokers. Mm. Um, yeah. And where do you tend to source things usually? Like where is your way of kind of finding these treasures, I feel? Uh, definitely like op shops and mm. vintage stores. Um, but I, the last couple of years I've been making, uh, a few things for myself as well. When I'm sourcing fabric for my capsule collection, I might find something that may not work in the collection, but it will work for me. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, I'll grab a few meters of that and, you know, um, make myself something out of that. So whether it's a pair of pants or a t-shirt or a jacket. Yeah. That's the joys of, uh studying design and then being able to make your own clothes yeah it's 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 you know it's a skill and you know take a take advantage of it yeah what was the goal for you to kind of go and study fashion i mean clearly you were always making it yourself but what was kind of the the grand goal for it uh definitely to have my own brand um that you know that I, i i've always wanted to relate to women, you know, with, with my style, like it's, it's very contrast to what you wear and yeah, kind of what you design, isn't yeah. it? It's polar opposites. It's total opposite. But the last couple of years, um, I remember one time I was in Paris showing a collection and I was all like head to toe in color and, um, my collection was very minimal and I had a few buyers come through when they were like, like, I, I love what you're doing, but I'm more interested in how you look mm. and where are you in your collection. So it kind of made me think, you know, like where is where am I in my collections? You know, I, I, I love dressing up and I love playing with colour, but then I was choosing a very muted colour palette for my collections and mm. it just made me think, you know, I need to pour more of myself into my work and... Yeah, the last couple of years I've been doing that and it's been getting a really good reaction and there are a lot of people out there that love colour and love dressing up and it's mm. like I, I want to relate to those those people. Why do you think you separated it at first to begin with? Um, I don't know. I, I guess um, when I first started I used to do a lot of drapery. Mm. So I, I kind of got known for doing a lot of like drapery and like block colour Um I don't know, and I kind of felt like I was aiming for a particular customer uh, and it worked. But then as I, I grew as an individual, mm. it was still staying the same kind of thing, like with the colours and the shapes. And I, I felt I needed to push myself and 
play around with, you know, more colour and more shape. And I think we're all guilty of that of when it's staying comfortable and kind of what you do. Yeah. And then how and not sometimes not knowing how you push to evolve a bit more. I, I've been stuck in that kind of realm as well. It's like I'm known for doing one thing with menswear, but it's like, how do you push beyond that? Yeah. That, that's where I'm a little bit in the middle of right now. What kind of encouraged you to kind of push yourself a bit more? I know I've always, I've always had that in me growing up, like just to never, never stop, never mm. say no. But that's just the whole part of trial and error. Like, you know, trying new things and seeing if, if, you know, your customers are open to that and seeing if it works, you know, there are, there are definitely things that I've, done that have not worked but that's you know how you meant to know if you don't push those doors and and open to see what's behind them you know what do you have to lose really you know exactly yeah. so it's it's important to keep like being open to doing these things yeah. so you know yeah how have you how have you found the industry in australia to be working in this is that i feel like australia either goes really like artsy and kind of over the top that's not necessarily commercial or mm -hmm. it's very commercial there's nothing kind of in the middle that works how, how have you found kind of steering that kind of thing that you want to do you know finding that middle ground um i guess kind of listening to my customers like mm. you know i sell a lot online now so that gives me a lot of like front feedback mm -hmm. from my customers you know where they live how you know who they are, what size they're ordering. So it just gives me a more of a um, a middle ground of like who they are and what they want. Um, I guess it's a mixture of a few things, like, you know, making sure that I'm excited about what I'm producing, but then also hoping it relates back to the customer, but also making sure it's exciting mm. and it's, you know, staying true to your DNA. Yeah. It's marrying the two, isn't it? Yeah. And what you want and what the customer wants. Yeah. Kind of. Because at the end of the dance. day, you know, you want your you want to sell your your pieces you make, you know. And how, how have you kind of gotten through COVID in the last year? Has that kind of had a huge effect? Uh, it's I it's been great. It kind of gave me the the opportunity to really like take a step back and really think about what I wanted moving forward for mm. myself for my brand. It's um, almost forced all of us to rethink things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, um, I, yeah, I decided to pull it down a little bit um, and make it more of a made-to-order, pre-order capsule collection. So rather than doing three to four big collections a year, I decided to do like smaller three to four pieces every like month or six or eight weeks. Mm. Um, and just just cutting that back, so it allowed me to really enjoy the process of designing, choosing fabrics, um, what shapes will work. Like I just I felt like producing three to four collections a year was just really fast for me. Being one person doing it all myself, I just felt it was just like producing, make, shoot, send to sell, quick, get on to the next thing, and. After a while, I just felt I wasn't enjoying mm. that process and wanted to kind of take a step back and cut it down and make it true to what my customers were wanting. And it's 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 been working really great. So and you're happy with it, yeah? Yeah, I think that's the thing. There is something in getting too big and kind of then losing control and not having fun with it. It's like 
you have to think about, well, why did you get into this in the first place? To have a brand where it's your name and everything else is being produced and you're not actually doing it? Or do you want to do the art of it? Exactly. And it's, I mean, sometimes you just have to kind of hone it back, you know, and know that it's what's going to be more sustainable going forward. Yeah. You know, this is it. Well, that's it. You know, and like, you know, I, I wanted to do my part to make it more sustainable and, you know, more friendly on the environment as well. And I thought by pulling it back and making it tighter. So everything I, so I, I make little collections, little capsules, put them up online and then people order and then I go and make the pieces for them rather than making a whole bunch of stock. Mm. Um, I felt that that was my way of making my brand more sustainable and reducing, you know, stock within the environment for myself. Mm. Yeah. We're, we're on the eve of Fashion Week here in Australia. And I guess there is no reason for you to kind of show anything necessarily at the event. How did you come to that? Um, Do you think it's important too? I mean, I think it's important mm. to that we have that platform for our local brands to to be on that international stage. Mm. Um, but I guess it's it's different now than what it was 10, 15 years ago doing Fashion Week. I don't mm. know. Like I, I felt like as I've grown with my brand, like fashion has changed for me and how I see fashion about you know doing a show or mm. you know d- doing high-end lookbooks sometimes you don't need to do all of that stuff no there's other ways to like can you know connect with your customer and buyers and um i guess for now that's kind of how i want to look at things in terms of just taking more of a slower pace and just enjoying my work but it's also allowing me to you know, go back to school and study, but mm. also have time for myself to to do other things that I'm, I'm passionate about as well. Like not lose that, but like gain more on top of that. Mm. Yeah. I think that mindset is what's going to give you longevity. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, there's very few brands that have been in Australia for the long haul. And I yeah. think you're kind of one of them, which is exciting. So, oh, you. so you mentioned you're studying again. What yeah. are you studying? Where did you go to school? I'm studying uh, youth work. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So I, uh, it was always something I was very passionate about, but I was like, uh, I don't want to go in and study and just be a typical youth worker writing case studies on, on kids. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do more of a practical youth work group. So I decided, so I'm still studying. Um, so I've been studying for over a year now and um, I started uh, doing work with a local community center mm. down in Wollamaloo. Oh, cool. Um yeah, working with their kids. Where uh they're down near um uh, um they're down near the basketball courts on oh, yeah, near the local public yeah, yeah. school. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Nice. So we youth center down at Hope Street. Okay. Hope Street Youth Center. Yeah. Um yeah, so I've been with them for about eight months now. Oh amazing. And I've been teaching the kids how to sew and oh wow so you're bringing your skills yeah as well yeah so that's kind of what i wanted to do i i wanted to do youth work but in a way that fuses my background with this new element that i'm introducing to my life with with youth work so where do you think that came from why do you think that kind of that was the next calling 
No, it's just I, I've always been really good with kids and I'm surrounded by a lot of kids with my family and friends mm. and um, I don't know, it, it was just something I wanted to do to give back. Mm. Yeah. I think it, and it's great because it's sometimes something that is could be seen as far from what you're normally doing mm-hmm. to then jump in and kind of do something completely new can be yeah. terrifying sometimes, but you bring yourself to it. It's yeah. all your skills. It's all your... Everything you've learned, you're bringing to it. So yeah. it all does make sense, doesn't it? It does. I mean, uh, also, I've, you know, I've, I've met a bunch of new people. Mm. Um, but that's the whole thing of, like, opening yourself up to new things and meeting new people and new experiences. It's, um, you know, if I was, you know, if I didn't think I was capable of, you know, going to study or take that next step, I don't think I'd be where I am today where, you know, with my brand or meeting the people that are in my life. Mm. It's just that, you know, you just have to just kind of do it, you know, but when you're ready to do it, you know, you can't, don't let people push you or force you to do things. You know, I've learned that for myself as well. Like Mm. you have to be ready and understand it for yourself before you can do it. Patience is key and pacing yourself. You know, it's not about you have to do something right now. It's like, well, kind of go with the flow of things, you know. So what does your average day look like? Because it seems like there is kind of lots of different things that you kind of have your hands in. Uh, well, every, every day is different at the moment because yeah. uh, like one day we'll be working on my stuff where it's designing or working with production, um, you know, social media. So I do all my own social media and back end for the website. So just I might spend a few hours doing that. Another day would be um, I also run adult sewing classes as well. Oh, where at? Uh, down with um, Vinnie's. So oh, cool. also at the yeah. Hope Street as well. Yeah. So I gained that through working with the kids. So I uh, had a few other um, youth centres, saw what I was doing with the kids and they had a lot of interest for adults wanting to to learn how to sew as well. So we set up a little program for them as well. So I, I do it once a week. As yeah, well. I might take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. not far from here. Yeah. So. But yeah, and I, I managed to get um, 10 donations and sewing machines from local people that didn't want to use their machines nice. anymore. Yeah. So we set them all up and then there's activities for them to do, whether it's making a hat or a tote bag or a, a laptop cover. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah, and I, so I start that and then I work during the day with the kids as well. So um yeah seems very fulfilling yeah I, I noticed another thing that kind of is on your schedule is dancing yes and <laughs> you've inspired me so much to just get out there i've been always wanting to go take i have taken in the past like dance classes yeah because i've always loved dancing but it's like going to a club and stuff like that's not necessarily my scene and it's more of a like a choreographer choreographed dance like that the way you've been doing it seems quite fun what inspired you to kind of get into that uh i i've been dancing for about 10 years now just doing classes not like teaching yeah it's just it's so much fun like i can't express it it you just you're having a bad day you go to class you just sweat it all out Mm. and you just completely switch off with what's happening around you and i've always been like that growing up like just putting the music on and dancing and even at home all the time just put the music on and just beat out of you know yeah, a few yeah. body rolls and shoulder <laughs> rolls and it's yeah it's it's inspiring because it, it's it's part of like creating that balance for myself to you know many years ago I was always just like 
constant working, 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 like long hours. And, you know, and I got sick and, you know, everything's all good. But it just made me think that that's not what I want for myself. I, I want to fill it with things that are creative where it's like my design and also working with the kids and adults, but also dancing. It's just a mixture of these things that get me a, that give me a buzz on the inside. Mm. Yeah. It's a joyful way to exercise. Yeah. Is, I'm not really a gym. I mean, I go to the gym every now and then, but I don't know how to use anything. <laughs> I, I need to know how to use a treadmill. Yeah. And well, I'm that's just like, you know, I've keyed into the treadmill and that's my thing now, but it's like, I want to, escape that treadmill and yeah. kind of dance I think is the next thing I'm gonna yeah you'll have into. to you'll have to uh, you know where do you go I go to duty in Enmore Enmore okay yeah right. nice dance under the influence so awesome. yeah, um, lots of classes and um it's fun I like lots of amazing people and you make new friends and yeah. that's the whole thing as well like opening up and meeting new people like meeting people from different other backgrounds and you know, we'll go have a drink after class or mm. we'll hang out on the weekend. And it's just, it's just really nice, you know. Dancing and then going for a drink. That sounds yes. quite good. Yes. <laughs> like that. Especially on a, like a, a nice sunny Saturday afternoon. Yeah. It's, yeah, I love that. Where's your head at right now? What's it like to be you? Um, I feel good. Like I feel really happy with what's happening in my life at the moment and, that I'm allowing myself to take my time with all these things that are happening and, you know, you know, getting to hang out with family and friends and I guess, you know, making my own rules for myself mm. rather than following all that. And that was another thing with, well, with wanting to do smaller capsules and release them when I wanted to release them rather than following these calendars or rules of how you know when to release things it just um yeah allowed me to make my own rules for myself and my work and i i'm very grateful and passionate for that um, i think that is the thing it's it's a good way of putting it is that i mean you never really seemed like you followed the rules yet you kind of did for what it came to your work but yeah. now then apply that to your work is just like it's all you then. You mm. could probably see it a lot more that it is you. You're now kind of... In yeah, integrating more of myself. And, I, and just I'm just really loving what I'm putting out there and, you know, uh, making things for myself and just, yeah, you know, dancing. It's just... I, I just want to enjoy myself. Like, you know, turning 40 this year mm. and um, I just want to, yeah... I would ask kind of what do you see for yourself in the future, but it looks like you're just kind of living in the moment yeah. right now. Isn't I'm just it? living in about, the moment. Yeah. Like I don't want any rules. I don't. I just want to enjoy what's around me and my family and friends, and you know, and and just just be passionate. And you know, could you hear so many people talk about you know things that they don't enjoy, but they do. You know, that with their work or I don't want to be one of those people. I want to. I want to be passionate about what I do with my life and, and what I do for work and what I do outside of work and, you know, the people in my life and, yeah. Are there still struggles with it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah all the time. Mm. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, there's always going to be days where you're having off days that aren't working, whether it's, you know, with your work or, you know, hanging out with friends or you're not feeling it for the day. But I, I just kind of always say, you know, tomorrow's another day, you know, put that away. And, and you know, if if something doesn't work with with 
you know, designing a collection, you know, tomorrow's another day, work on something else for now, like probably, you know, leave that alone for a little bit, mm. come back to that and, yeah. It's, it's just what life is. That's what Yeah, is. I mean, that's just, you know, we all, we all have emotions. We're, mm. you know, happy, sad, you know, angry and I guess it's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, you mm. know. Just, oh, that's the thing. It's really taking in those emotions yeah. that it's, you're allowed to be happy, sad, stressed, yeah. all of those things and yeah. don't fight it. And it's just yeah. what's don't part of the process, it, exactly. you know. It's just like process it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Put the music on and just dance it out. That's <laughs> what I do. What's your favorite song to dance out to? <laughs> uh, I love um, Groove is in the Heart by Delight. Uh, yeah. Of course. One of my favorite songs. That's that's you. That's <laughs> yeah. you, right? That's, 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 how that's me, yeah. <laughs> that's you, how you're dressed right now yeah. and your personality. That's you right yeah. there. I wonder if I could go out with that song <laughs> when I record it. I always put it on at least like a few times a week. It's on my playlist. Yeah. So, you know, just it's, yeah, it's in it. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that then. Cool. Gary, thank you so much for coming in. I really You're appreciate welcome. it. Sharing a little bit of your story. Thanks for listening to Men in This Town, the podcast, produced by Mitwork and recorded at Pocket Studio in Sydney. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate and leave a review wherever you're listening. And as always, thanks for your support.